Welcome back to another episode of the Best Minutes Podcast. Each week, Movies by Minute hosts examine the 1946 William Wyler-directed film, The Best Years of Our Lives, one minute of screen time per episode. I am Jeremy Sternhagen. I'm Tyson Ferris. And we host The Real Jaws Minute, the minute-by-minute podcast that discusses what else? Jaws. But here we are going to entertain you with our amazing thoughts and observations about these minutes. Okay, let's not sell ourselves too hard. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, minute 101 starts with a dissolve from the GI Bill scene, and then it ends with a perfume counter customer taking it. Indeed it does. So, yeah, we see Fred Derry, Dana Andrews, you know, kind of kind of shown his smoothness in this scene, right? Yeah, he like I thought he was actually He's completely BSing, right? Yes. Oh yeah, yeah. he knows absolutely nothing about this stuff and he's just uh what's funny is nothing he says is misleading in any way. He's like very broad strokes. Like this is nice because it's good for anything. Yeah, totally. The perfume name Night of Bliss, I thought mm. was hilarious. Yes. That's just funny. Are you like me? Did you uh, Google to see if that was actually a perfume? I actually did. Um, it yeah. brought up a myriad of things I did not want to look at. So. Yes. <laughs> they were all oh, perfumes. I, I, I didn't mean yeah. that to sound dirty. It was just uh, brought up just a million perfume things with yes. bliss in their title. Yep. And uh so, yeah, I think they were kind of dead on on that one. And it's still be happening today. So by all accounts. Yeah. So. Yeah. If uh, if my wife had walked in last night uh, while I was watching this and looking things <laughs> up and she would have looked at my phone and going, why are you Googling Night of Bliss at 1145? <laughs> uh, it's, for, it's, it's for a podcast, it's I promise. It's for a podcast. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's really good. Yeah. So there's there's a little symbolism in this scene, I think. Mm-hmm. Do tell. This, this little this little uh, brat of a kid. God, I just want to smack him. <laughs> he uh, and and kind of his mom too, if that was a, uh, a faux pas. But anyway, oh yeah, that's a little more than a faux pas. Yeah, but I don't know. I just <laughs> I hate parents like this. So I just I don't know. Oh man, I wouldn't actually do it. I just would want to do it. I actually laughed because when he called the kid Bud and the kid goes, my name's not Bud, my six-year-old. That's exactly what he would say, which I, I kind of admire. Boy. But, my name's or, not yeah, Boy. Bud or Boy. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, the kid actually with his that toy, he's knocking over P-38s and, mm-hmm. and Mitchell Bomber uh, toy yes. like, uh, model sets. Extreme symbolism. Yeah. Like literally knocking over the things that helped win the war, you know? Yeah. And Mitchell Bombers uh, is very specific to him, even though we see him very much later in the film in a B-17. Yeah. um, I can't, I can't but imagine that he actually did serve some time in a, in a, in a B-17. 25 as well um mm-hmm. because uh his dad reads that letter uh from Doolittle. Yeah, I was going to And I the didn't... do the Doolittle bombers 
were were B twenty five. They were yeah. Mitchell, they were Mitchell bombers. Yep. So the fact that his name is mentioned from Doolittle is. I just think that's very interesting in this scene. So we're, we're getting information that then is we're getting kind of symbolic information here. That's then later confirmed very literally by the dad in a, yeah in a scene. I actually, uh, full confession. It took me three sittings to watch this movie, not because I wasn't captivated, but because, um, I have little kids and I just didn't have the time to squeeze in a three hour movie in one sitting. Sure. But so I actually just finished this movie up not too long ago today and uh, I'm I'm coming into this recording to be honest, a little uh, still a little choked up. So yeah, do you want do you want to talk about the film a little bit, like just what we yeah. thought? And, yeah. And... So neither of us had seen this before. Yeah, neither of us had. I was aware of its reputation. I knew it was William Wyler, and I knew it was famous for the the airplane graveyard. Um, I didn't I knew, know I, anything about this. Yeah, I well, I'd seen enough, like you know, like. If you're watching the Oscars and they're running the highlight reel of best pictures of all time, that scene and Homer waving goodbye early in the film tend to make the highlight reel. And I had no idea what those were, but at some point in my life, I realized that it's best years of our lives. But I, but other than that, I, I couldn't have told you what the theme of the movie was. Like mm-hmm. it's about soldiers coming home. Anyway, that was my previous knowledge of this movie before uh, I- starting watching it. Yeah, I uh, I had almost zero knowledge of this. I mean, I, I obviously watched the Oscars and stuff, but uh, yeah, I think like you, I just didn't know what that was from. Yeah, yeah, I knew it was Best Picture. Uh, the thing, the thing that I wanted to mention, and maybe other previous uh, uh, people have mentioned this, William Wyler was also a war vet mm-hmm. himself, and had his hearing damaged very badly to the point where he could almost not hear things. Um, right. And, uh, was able to still direct. This is his first, uh, post-war, uh, directorial project. And, and I read it went into production like almost immediately after the end of the war. Yeah. Almost immediately after the end of the war. And, like uh, it's, and just... um, he, uh, there's a great documentary by Laurent Bowsero. I think I'm saying that correctly, uh, on Netflix, right now oh um, yes it's called five came back yep yep and uh one of those five uh is willie william wyler and mm-hmm. i really if you guys are listening to this podcast and you you like this film i would highly suggest uh watching this steven spielberg produced uh five came back and it's about five directors that went to war and how that affected them and their work um, mm-hmm. it's, it's incredibly interesting and, uh, uh, at times, uh, sobering much like this film. Yeah. Anyway, I, I couldn't help, but feel how modern this felt this other than it's black and whiteness. Um, mm-hmm. it, these guys could have been coming home from Vietnam or the Afghan war or, right. Or, or the Iraq war. Uh, I, I, I just I, I've known three generations of men that have gone to different campaigns in my life. Uh, my grandfather was a flying tiger in World War II. He was a POW in, uh, in a Japanese camp, um, the same Japanese camp as um, uh, that's depicted in Empire of the Sun. And uh, uh, my dad was a... Uh, 
He was in a missile silo. Um, he was going to be the one to blow everybody up in the Cold War. Yep. And uh, then, uh, and then uh, my buddy uh, Tom Alberg, uh, he uh, he served in uh, uh, the Afghan and Iraq. Uh, I don't know, whatever you want to call that. The post nine eleven one. The post nine eleven one. Yep. Yes. So. So yeah, I've, I've, I've seen, I've seen guys, uh, deal with stuff and, um, this movie, it, it like... just, this, this movie really, I don't know. It hits, uh, none of serving in military service, whether you're, you're in direct combat or not, I think is without consequence. Mm-hmm. Um, I know my dad, even though he was just, a, he was in a missile silo, like just waiting for the order. Uh, that has psychological damage. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, Oh man. Like knowing you're the guy to end the world. Like the bare minimum, you're not the same person when that's. Yeah. Over. Bare minimum. Like, yeah. like, yeah, you're not seeing live fire, but like, that's some psychological <laughs> man. Yeah. Anyway, I got off on a, on a tangent there. Sorry. Yeah. This, but the, um, anyway, uh, that's, that's, I don't know. That's kind of a lot of this film brought up, um, those people in my life. And, uh, I don't know. This I, couldn't, movie I, couldn't, I, couldn't, I couldn't help but think of their experiences and yeah. how, and how, and just how, um, how little, uh, just, uh, how I know we have a veterans day and, and stuff like that, but I just, I feel just as a country for, a long time and still to this day uh, just don't honor veterans in the way they should be honored. So, yeah, it's a messy topic. And this movie, it really, in a lot of ways, is like the first, it, it shows full blown mess. Hollywood production to really tackle that issue. Uh, I was thinking of that, how before this movie, you had all quiet on the Western front, which was maybe the first movie to show the horrors of war and not glorify it. And then this movie I, I often thought watching this movie, like, does this movie have a political position? And there's that one scene that I don't want to talk about since it's not in our minutes that, you know, one character kind of expresses what he thought about whether or not we should be in the war. And the characters, you know, they don't, they come after him, not because of uh, the political thing, but because of just like it, what it means to them as humans. Sure. And so, but yeah, the movie, uh, all that, not to talk about that minute, but really what this movie does is just really humanizes these three guys. Mm -hmm. And I feel like this movie is, this movie was a huge hit and it was made, I think, both for the returning GIs to go to this movie with their families and the movie could tell their families the thing that the GI couldn't or couldn't articulate. And also more perhaps more importantly, this movie is made for everyone who wasn't in the war. And sure. I think that the casting of who didn't get it. Right. And I, I really think that the casting of Dana Andrews, like he's, you have, um, you know, Frederick Mark March and Dana Andrews and, um, the, the third actor who was, uh, not an actor. He was actually, you know, a, he was cast because he was a real vet with that actual, um, uh, those injuries, Harold Russell, but 
all three of the actors are cast, I think, because they look like regular people. Like Dana Andrews is handsome, but he's not like Hollywood handsome. And he, he strikes- everything about this movie, you mentioned like how it how it's made and how it feels like this whole movie is just feels like it doesn't feel like Hollywood glitz and glamour. Well, uh, one of the I mean, you can look this up on IMDb, but one of the trivia points was uh, uh, Weiler gave everybody their costumes, mm. every costume that they wore and had them wear them for like a month before yeah. shooting. Just so they were worn in. Yeah. Um, he didn't want anybody. And, and and he actually made the sets smaller as not to. Oh, yeah. I read that one. Yeah. As not to uh, make anything. It, it had to feel like you're in a real suburban house. Like I read that to, after I saw the movie. And even while I was watching the movie, I, I was very taken aback by the movie, like not being showy. Like it doesn't. No, it's very shot. It's very tight. Acted like, yeah. Yeah. It's not, you know, Gone with the Wind or 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 Wizard of Oz and it's like like this is a big Hollywood epic, so. Yeah. Well, that's our kind of thoughts on the movie. Um where were we? We should probably get to the next minute. Well, we were talking about the Mitchells being used in the Doolittle oh, Raid, yeah, yeah, which yeah. gets mentioned later. Um, I just wanted to point out, and this is just for kids of our generation, um, mm-hmm. or adult, I guess adults now. Uh, we're not kids anymore. Um, <laughs> I'm a 42-year-old kid. Yep. Yep, me too. Uh, <laughs> uh, the kid uh, the kid sounded like Mike TV from Willy Wonka to me. <laughs> 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 just throwing that out there. Yeah, yeah, totally. Anyway, he just had that, I don't know, whatever that, <laughs> whatever that is. I don't know uh, what that. Like squawky. Style of, that style of speaking is. Um, yeah. Yeah, anyway. I love the gag. This perfume's a really nice size because it's in this giant box, right? Yeah. And then he, he like Russian dolls it. Like. Yeah. He's like, and it's, you know, it's quite a, quite a deal. You can tell he's never opened it before in his life. Yeah, totally. It, it's, just, it's just really funny. And then I love, I also love that there's like his boss, like literally over his shoulder. Yeah. That, yeah, that was a, uh, that's yeah, a fun, whole... that's a fun visual. Like, yeah. Yeah. He's always being watched and then they kind of don't think he should have the job because <laughs> they kind of tell him as much. Right. When he gets yeah. it. Anyway. That is uh, Minute 101. That's Minute 101. Well, that wraps it up for Minute 101. And, you know, listeners, you can find the Best Minute Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or at the main site, thebestminutes.com. Join us here next time right here on the Best Minutes Podcast. Bye. Bye. Hey, Joe, you better hurry up out there because she's taking off soon. Right, thanks. Come on, Taylor.